morning and welcome to worship at First Baptist Norman. We're so excited that you've joined us online for worship today. If you're a first-time guest, we encourage you to go to fbcnorman.org and click on the connect tab and let us know that you are with us today. In these unprecedented times, it's important that we continue to pray for one another. On our website, there is a prayer request tab and we encourage you to go online and click that tab and let us know how we can be praying for you. As we begin our time of worship today, let me read from Revelation chapter 1. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's worship Him today in spirit and in truth, the Lion and the Lamb. Fighting our battles 
praise for that truth, church. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let's lift our hearts and our voices today as we declare the truth of this wonderful hymn together as we sing to the Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. of God, 
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Good morning. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We trust that the Spirit of God is ministering to your heart, to your mind. And now as we look at God's Word, we pray that His Spirit will continue to teach and to draw you closer to Him. How are you doing today? No, really, how are you doing? How's your family? How are things going? This is the seventh week that we have been together online in worship. And of course, that means how many weeks has it been that we've been asked to, to stay at home and, and some of us have, have not been able to, to go to work and others have, have had to go to work in very stressful circumstances and conditions. So how are you doing? I don't know about you and your family, but being at home all this time means that we've gone through every drawer and every closet that we have. I think the Smiths have played every game that we own and, and put together every puzzle that we have as well. So today I want to just offer a word of encouragement to you and to your family as we continue on in this season of, of stay at home, this season of, of, of isolation, if you would. Parents and children, I want to encourage you to, to hang in there. Finish out school. Finish well. And reach out to your teachers. Your teachers are working hard online. And reach out to them and, and ask questions and let them help you during these days. If you're at home alone and isolated, I want to encourage you to continue to persevere. Continue to reach out to those in your support system by phone, through social media, through porch and yard visits. Yes, these are difficult days, but we can do it. You can do it. We've sacrificed so much over these last weeks. And yes, we're told that the, the curve has been flattened and is flattening. So let's continue to be patient. And let's continue to pray for our leaders and for our medical experts as they determine the best way forward for us. What is the longing of your heart today? As we gather again online, one of the longings of our hearts is that we could be together again in worship. That we could embrace one another. That we could fill this beautiful sanctuary with our bodies and with our voices and with our instruments. Oh, how we long for that. And for some, the, the longing is much more personal and, and much more specific. I'm aware of, of several, of many who've been isolated and quarantined from their, their family and friends, grandparents, not able to, to hold and to be with their grandkids. 
Adult children afraid to to interact with their parents for fear that they might give them a virus that they don't even know if they have. Phone calls, porch visits, yard visits, and, and Zoom are great, but they're good for a season. And we are growing tired and weary of that season. But we must continue to be patient As the prophet Isaiah said, we must wait upon, we must hope in the Lord. And in doing so, we will find strength and we will find patience for all that we need to get through these days. But what about your longing for Jesus? Has this season done anything to to stir and to to give you perspective on your longing to see Jesus? Do you have that same longing in your soul for Him that you do for others? Do you long to be in His presence? Do you long for His return? Over these last four months, we have been seeking to see Jesus more clearly through the Scriptures. We conclude our Jesus 2020 worship series today with the question, When can I see Jesus? Or will we ever be able to see Jesus with our own eyes? Now, I'm not talking about seeing Jesus as the church, the the body of Christ, or in seeing Jesus in each other as we serve and as we minister to one another and to to those in need around us. Yes, these statements are both true. We see Jesus in in both the church and in, in serving and ministering to one another. But I'm talking about being in the presence of Christ our Lord. One day, I believe we will see Him. And I long for that day to come. Now certainly, there is much mystery in this. Many of the scriptures that deal with this topic of of Jesus' return, of His second coming, are written in apocalyptic literature. Literature that is veiled to our understanding. Apocalyptic literature is, is language of dreams and of visions. It is written as poetry, not as prose or narrative. When we think of apocalyptic literature in the Bible, we think of the book of Daniel in the Old Testament or the book of Revelations in the New Testament. But Jesus also spoke apocalyptically. He spoke apocalyptically about His return And in doing so, he used the language of the Old Testament and he used the language of his Jewish culture and heritage. Mark 13 is one of the more challenging and debated chapters in the New Testament. Mark 13 takes place right before Jesus enters into that passion period of his crucifixion. And Jesus draws from the Jewish understanding of the day of the Lord, the day in which the the judgment and salvation of all people would come. He speaks of the abomination of desolation, prophesying of the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. 
and warning of the, the tribulations and of the false messiahs that, that would come before His return. And then, in Mark 13, verses 24 through 27, Jesus, drawing from that Old Testament apocalyptic lit literature, references His coming again. Let's turn and, and read those verses. In Mark 13, I'll begin in verse 24, and we'll read through verse 27, and then drop down to verse 32. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. Then, then, they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then He will send forth the angels and will gather them together, His elect, from the four, from the four winds, from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. And then verse 32. But of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey, who upon leaving his house, putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanding the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Be alert for the return, the coming of Christ. Jesus and the early church fully expected that one day, one day, He would return to be in our presence. You see, one day, we will see Jesus. Now the rest of Mark 13, as, as we read that apocalyptic chapter, Jesus tells us some things that, that we need to know and be aware of, be alert to in His coming. First, that He will not return until the message of salvation is preached to all the nations, to all the peoples of the world. Second, that the times will be difficult and troubling as that day draws near. Third, in coming back, those who believe, those who trust in Him, will be gathered together. Fourth, that no one, not even Jesus, not even the Son, knows when He is to return. And therefore, finally, Jesus tells us, he, he warns us that we must be alert, ready, and watching for His return. That we must not be caught asleep. We must live life with a sense of expectation that He will return. And He will return soon. And therefore, we must live with an urgency to complete the work that He has given to us. In Acts chapter 1, 
Luke tells us that Jesus was present with His disciples for 40 days after His resurrection. And then, Luke writes, He was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. And then in verse 11, Luke tells us that the angels appeared to the disciples and said, Why do you stand there looking in the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, He will return in just the same way as you have watched Him go into heaven. Did you catch that? Just as Jesus went up in a cloud, they will see the Son of Man returning, coming in the clouds. Scripture teaches that Jesus is now at the right hand of God, waiting for the blessing of His Father to, to come and to return. Paul writes in Romans 8.34 that Jesus is at the right hand of God at work. He is interceding on our behalf, interceding for our salvation. John chapter 14 speaks of the ongoing work of Jesus with His Father. Listen to Jesus as He comforts and prepares His disciples for the coming days and ultimately for His return. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in Me. You see, in My Father's house there are many dwelling places, and if it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will also be. Again, in preparing the disciples for His, his crucifixion, his, his death, even for the resurrection, Jesus is giving a, a sense of hope and expectation that one day Jesus will return to be with the disciples. And that when He leaves, when He ascends into heaven, He's going to prepare a place for us. You see, Jesus offers to us a, a beautiful picture of hope and of eternity, saying that He has gone to prepare that place for us in His Father's house. And the very act of His going out is the promise and assurance of His coming back to receive His followers in His presence. And according to Paul, when Jesus returns, the dead in Christ will be raised and those in Christ will be changed and we will be with the Lord Jesus forever. Of this mystery and of this future, N.T. Wright writes, Jesus will be personally present. The dead will be raised and the living Christians will be transformed. Again, there is, is much mystery here. William Barclay writes, even at our most intellectual, we must remember that there is a place for the ultimate mystery before which we can only worship 
wonder and adore. Let me offer one more picture of this end time, of this coming of Jesus. This time from the book of Revelation. In chapter 20, excuse me, in chapter 21, John speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. Let me read those passages for you. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. Then John writes from his vision, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them. And they shall be His people, and God Himself will be among them, and He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Isn't it interesting that Jesus pictures heaven and earth coming together in the last days, or maybe better said, in the new days, and a new Jerusalem coming out out of heaven in which God will dwell among us. Did you pick that up? That God will dwell among us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Can this be no other than Jesus Himself, who's gone to prepare a place for us? What a glorious picture John provides. One day, a new Jerusalem, a place that has been prepared for us, descending from the heavens with the King of Kings. And there will no longer be any distance between heaven and earth as they come together. And in that place, the Scripture tells us that, that He, that Jesus, will wipe away every tear. And there will no longer be any death. And He will sit upon His throne, making all things new. So what does this mean for us? I believe it means that we must keep our head up with an eye to the heavens, an eye to the sky, because one day our Lord will return. It means that the God who created us has, has a plan for our future. History begins and ends with God, and God continues to redeem history as it moves towards its purposeful end. It also means that there are no trials, no tribulations, no diseases that can thwart God's purposes. Last Saturday night was supposed to be the senior prom at Norman North. Wilson received a special invitation that weekend for, for dinner from his girlfriend's parents. He was to wear his best suit and she was to wear her prom dress. 
Her parents had prepared a a special table for them to to share dinner with each other. Wilson even put together a a poster to invite his girlfriend to, to the prom with him. He even let Gay and I tag along, not of course in the same car, but follow him to her house so that we could take pictures with them. In a few weeks, they will gather virtually for graduation with Norman North seniors. None of this, none of this is what they had anticipated and hoped for over these last 12 years. COVID-19 has wrecked plans on wrecked their plans and their celebrations for all the classes of 2020. But graduates, be assured, COVID-19 cannot thwart the plans of God. Even in the midst of the difficulties and darknesses of these days, we must and we can keep our eyes up, keep our eyes looking for Jesus. And while no one knows exactly when the Lord will return or what He will look like, we know that it will be glorious. And we know that we will not be disappointed. Church, we can and we must live in the expectation and anticipation of this moment. One pastor put it this way, He said, we must live so that it does not matter when Jesus returns. Every day must have its own sense of urgency and purpose so that we will be prepared to meet the King when He comes. You see, if we daily live in a spirit of expectation and anticipation, we will be ready for that glorious moment no matter when it comes. Likewise, we must live in a spirit of expectation and anticipation as we endure these days of COVID-19. We must not put our heads down, but rather keep our heads up with an eye of hope and preparation for the day that we can return to church, to, to work, to our families, to our schools, to our routines and those things that we miss. So today is the day that we must prepare. Yes, we are tired and weary, but we must continue to keep our hands clean, to keep our faces covered, to keep our distances from one another. And we must reach out and encourage and strengthen those who are in their aloneness and isolation. We must not slumber or sleep. Our Lord has left us with much work still to do, and we must continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ for the salvation of all people. We must continue to love and care for those in need, and we must prepare ourselves for that one day when we see Jesus coming in the clouds. Oh, how I long to see and to be with each one of you. But how much more I long to see and be with Jesus. Let's pray.
Father, we thank You for this reminder that no matter how difficult and how dark the days get, no matter how much the tribulation, the, the stress, the distresses, the, the illnesses become, that we can keep our eyes up. We can continue to look for You. We can continue to live with a sense of purpose and expectation that none of these things will thwart Your purpose, that none of these things will overcome Your kingdom. So Lord, let us live with that excitement, that expectation and anticipation that You are coming and that You are coming again soon. Father, thank You for this promise and this hope, even though it continues to be veiled somewhat in the language of the day. Lord, give our minds insight. Give us understanding. And allow us to wait in hopeful expectation, alert and ready for You to come. And for this we give thanks. In Jesus' name, the One who one day will come in the clouds. Amen. Again, thank you for worshiping with us today. If you have yet to connect with us on, on your social media platform through Facebook or, or YouTube, please do so. If you've been on our website, please connect with us through the, the connection card and let us know from where you're worshiping and how we can pray for you and encourage you during these days. We pray that as you've worshipped with us today that the Spirit of God has ministered to you and He has encouraged you. As these, as these days linger on, let us remember to keep our head up and our eyes to the sky, to the heavens, as we work and as we serve our Lord. And now the Molinax family comes to share what God is doing in their lives during this season and to close us with a prayer of blessing. Amen, and God bless. Good morning, church family. Uh, we're the Mullinaxes, and we're uh, delighted to be with you this morning uh, to share in worship. And we just wanted to tell you, know, you guys a little bit about what we've been doing during these unprecedented times. Uh, I've been working at home uh, for the first time in my career. And since we homeschool our kids, uh, school hasn't changed too much, but it's been uh, different with me at home during the days and I've really enjoyed getting to spend extra time uh, with them time that I don't normally get to spend just you know breaks or eating lunch with them we've taken some walks together so that's been really good um, of course it's been hard as well we uh, all of our families here in Norman and we haven't gotten to see them as much as we're used to seeing them uh, we miss seeing uh, our Sunday school friends uh, that were typically with on Sunday mornings and of course we miss all of you guys and worshiping together uh, in this uh, wonderful sanctuary but we are really thankful for Mike and for uh, Chad and Wade and everybody else who's been involved in putting together these worship services and we have really enjoyed um, spending Sunday mornings with you guys not uh, present with you guys but we know that everybody's worshiping together so I think right now we're going to share uh, a couple uh, Bible verses that we felt were meaningful uh, for these times. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let oceans roar and foam. Let mountains tremble as the waters surge. 
A river brings joy into the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in the city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of our Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In Psalms 46, we see several attributes of our God. We see that he is in control of the chaos. So today, when we feel chaos around us, we can know that he is in control. We also can see that um, he is working in the midst, and we can see glimpses of his holiness and his mightiness as we look around us um, in, in creation, in nature, in his strength and his power, and all of those are things that we need to rest on during this hard time. Um, Lainey has a verse to share in James that encourages us as we're in the midst of a trial. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Well guys, once again, we're so glad to be with you in worship this morning. And I'd just like to close us uh, with a prayer right now. Heavenly Father, uh, as we find ourselves um, in unprecedented times, God, I just pray that each of us would recognize that you are at work and that, God, through these trials that we can be refined, that we can grow closer uh, to each other, and we can grow, most importantly, closer to you. So I just uh, would want to encourage everybody um, to recognize the opportunity that this trial presents. Um, and God, we know that uh, through it all, your work is being done. And uh, God, we do want to get back together soon. So we look forward to that. Uh, God, we love you. We know you're always at work in our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.